Welcome to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and it's a pleasure to be here. We're recording from the Expo Hall floor at ABA Tech Show 2020 in New York, done right. Of course, that is a reference to Chicago, Illinois. I looked this up a list of names for Chicago. And anyway, I have a, a couple of fun guests joining me now. I've got Matthew Steubenberg and Kenton Bryce. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you guys had the early slot for your presentation this morning. How'd that go? Was everybody awake at that point? I know you had four cups of coffee there, Kenton, but some of us had a little bit less. I think they started with a cool presentation to really wake people up. You know, VR is exciting. It got people jolted. Excellent. Well, so the name, uh, speaking of which, the name of your presentation, it was titled Seeing is Believing, Virtual Reality Preparedness. So I just want to get a 50,000 foot, just the basics on, on what you all were presenting, what your goals were. So who wants to go first? So I'll go first. So really we wanted to kind of give an overlay of what virtual reality is and what it can do in two major realms, right? 360 degree immersive video as well as uh, kind of computer graphics images or computer generated images. Like, so you're really immersive 3D content. And so we kind of give an overview of that and what you can uh, do with it and some of the limitations out there. Well, let's talk about those. So I, I, I think most people have probably heard of virtual reality. And if they have kids, they've probably heard of Pokemon Go, you know, sort of the augmented reality. But they maybe haven't considered how it could be used in their law practice. And so I guess to that tune, uh, what practice areas really lend well for VR? Yeah, so VR kind of started out strong in gaming, but there's a lot of applications in the law. And so what we've primarily done with it is uh, mock courtroom hearings. And so you have a pro bono attorney, a pro se client who doesn't quite know what to expect, you can actually film this with a 360 camera and they can actually watch what the hearing is going to be like in a VR helmet. Excellent, you know, it seems like it uh, lent pretty well to like personal injury matters, anything you have to be on the scene for. I could see it being used in criminal matters to kind of describe a place, but what are some of the uh, innate values that, uh, you, you, you guys ran through a list during your presentation, but what are some of the innate values that it adds to a practice, just bullet points wise? Yeah, so when you're talking about these practice areas, you know, we've been experimenting with how to recreate scenes, evidence in virtual reality, like create a 3D model, and that really does lend well, like what you said, personal injury, criminal law, anything that's evidence heavy, or where you would have demonstrative aids, et cetera, in the courtroom, or in mediation, arbitration, or in negotiations. And so, really going through the list of all that and saying, okay, this could plug in here, this could plug in there, just to create a more realistic view of the evidence as it was, right? And so, you know, we, we you look at evidence presentation in a courtroom or in general or visualization, we had pictures, poster boards, overhead projectors, PowerPoint, and now I think we're moving into that third dimension finally. And um, we have a lot of work to do to get there to make it normal in a courtroom, but we're working towards it. And you were talking about, you know, one of the values of it to be real immersive and so, in a world of noise where people have mobile phones and they get distracted, you know, removing some of that in the VR environment, now you have an audience that is in full attention. So you were saying that that was one of kind of the net benefits that it adds to, I guess, a little bit of court time there. Yeah, that's a major benefit. And uh, I'll let Matthew talk about 360 video uh, here. But on the 3D modeling, when you're in a headset, you're a captive audience to whatever you're looking at. You cannot be distracted, right? And so if you're exploring a crime scene, 
you have the full context of the crime scene all around you, right? And so you cannot step outside the crime scene and look at your mobile phone, be interrupted by someone, a phone call, et cetera. And so that's just on the 3D model, like exploring evidence. But Matthew's got some great ideas on the 360 imagery, yeah. Yeah, so just being in a VR helmet in and of itself is a benefit. You, you don't get distracted by what else is going on in the court hallway. You know, you can't be distracted by looking at your cell phone or talking to whoever you came there with. And then on top of that, our hope is that by actually being in virtual reality, it's more conducive to comprehending what's going on. You kind of, it tricks your brain a little bit into believing you're there. And so you kind of have that first bite at the apple where you experience it. So you're not as nervous when you go in to your first court hearing. You all set up a uh, demonstration with all the, you guys picked on the litigators, which was hilarious uh, during the presentation. And so you brought them all up there, and then this is the part I had to leave, sorry, so <laughs> I didn't distract you too much. But you had a camera up there, I guess it was a two-way camera, two different lenses, and then had everybody stand around. So walk me through that, what was going on with that demonstration? Yeah, the, the main purpose was to show just how easy it is to make some of these 360 immersive videos. The camera itself is a, is a Garmin Verb 360, which is now around five, $600. They make cameras for even less than that. We are able to film a mock hearing for expungement law in Maryland that's really useful for pro bono attorneys in about 10 minutes and upload it to YouTube where it's now visible by the end of the session. And so it was really, a lot of people sometimes think that this VR is expensive, it's time consuming, you need an army of professionals. You can really bootstrap this and make a, a pretty decent minimal viable product fairly quickly. Well, let's get into the bootstrapping part. So uh, you all have presented some options for you know, taking this technology for a test drive. So there's a lot of you know, free software package options out there. And there's also, you guys had some recommendations for getting started. So why don't we get into that? Yeah, the first point of entry is for any kind of virtual content, it's going to be that 360 video or photography. Get a camera. There's ones that actually plug into your phone. And so you can just plug into your phone and have it go. It's uh, like the Insta One. And so the barriers to entry are just a little bit of hardware, right? And again, those costs are coming down. We're seeing those costs coming down. The software to actually, basically it's just YouTube with the software that comes with the camera. It's all free. It's all included in the camera. And then YouTube does their little magic to make it all work. And then you can go from there and get more advanced if you want. But the barriers to entry are super low, super easy. But I will say, if you're going to do any kind of 3D modeling, it gets a little bit harder. You're going to want to have a little more expertise on your team. But I will tell you, there is hardware coming out that makes this even easier that I could scan something with a piece of hardware plugged into my iPad. And the computer on the iPad is so good now that the processing power is there. And so I could scan something in real life with this scanner plugged into my iPad. And within two minutes, I have a 3D model of this water cup that's sitting right in front of us. It's not technical. You don't need to know how to code to do that, but it's right there for you. And I've, I found that there's a nice scale that goes along with it. So you can start off on, with a very cheap camera and a very cheap editing software, and as you get more funding or you get more buy-in, you can slowly build up to more and more professional. There's, it's a really great place to start, and there's not these giant gaps where all of a sudden stuff starts costing $20,000 from, from zero. So. And I would even say that the VR hardware itself is changing and it's coming down in price where just two years ago, you had to have all these sensors sitting around a room with a gaming computer. I mean, today Oculus has their Quest system, which basically is just a headset, and the computer is all integrated. You don't have to have wires. It's wireless, completely wireless. There's experiences you could have that are pre-built for you. So, like Google Earth is in there, so you can explore the entire world. So, 
when the day comes when Google decides to open up their timeline feature on that, so where you could go back in history on Google Earth, lawyers could actually go back to the scene of an accident, what it looked like in a certain moment in time. Uh, and we actually had that come up as a use case scenario from one of the lawyers that we talked to, because there was a construction project on a roadway, the intersection's totally changed since the accident. He was like, it'd be great if I had the experience to be able to go back in time. I was like, we're almost there. We just need Google to work on that. That is really fascinating. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, sort of like the Wayback Machine for uh, websites, but that is really fascinating because you know I, I've seen the Google car go by, you know, taking the pictures of all the different streets, but that's really hard to re reconstruct after the fact. So I just have one last question for you guys. You know, just if, if somebody is out there, they're curious about the technology, they have a practice that lends to it. Just tips and tricks for getting started, some do's and don'ts. Just leave the audience with a little bit of a tidbit there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll cover the immersive video. So if you're looking to make a courtroom video for, for your students or for some attorneys, keep it short, five minutes or less. Nobody wants to watch a two-hour VR video just yet. And then try to make sure that it's based around something that involves kind of your, mo your motion or your movement in the courtroom. You don't want to make a video that's just a long, rambling kind of interlude about what the law is. You want to have it something where you're passing off a photograph to a witness and some of those complex motions that's hard to get down on paper and can be more easily conveyed through a, a VR video. Start small, of course, right? Don't don't eat the frog immediately. And, and <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> eat a frog immediately? Like, I, I don't like, even know how to relate well, to that. you know, the whole theory of task management, eat the frog, do it soon, do it early. I'm like, well, with VR, you may want to start with uh, just a little water first, right? And so you want to start small. Don't bite off more than you can chew, uh, either in 360 video or in 3D modeling. When it comes to 3D modeling, you're going to want to start really small. Start with small models using some kind of hardware plugin, and then you can scale up from there. But to get a feel for how the technology works, I would also say, you know, for lawyers in general, you just have to understand how the technology creates content because you're going to have to worry about that when you question an expert witness that actually you hire to go do that for a courtroom scene. And you need to have enough knowledge. You know, we go back to that rule 1.1, common eight, uh, tech competence comment. You have to know at least enough to question and interrogate the expert what they're doing. So go look at some YouTube videos. There's free content on how this stuff operates, how it's created. So you can, I mean, that's just point one, right? Like, don't start using it in a courtroom if you don't know what, how anything's created. And I, I think that's a no-brainer, but I think people get wrapped up. Like, I've got to go learn computer science. I'm like, just go watch a 15-minute video on YouTube, get a primer on it. And I would just say that if you're looking to implement one of these videos for your, your practice, your legal aid group, always make sure to try to do a study around it, right? We have a lot of hope for virtual reality, but there's very little actual uh, research out there on how effective it is. And so if you're looking to implement one of these, consider doing a randomized controlled trial, some kind of research method to actually see if you're getting the results you hope for. Excellent, I think it's great advice, guys. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us. Thank you, Kent, and thank you, Matthew. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks. And if our listeners, they want to follow up, want to learn more about VR, how can they find you? Uh, you can go to a2jlab.org and you can read about the virtual reality studies that we're doing right now. Yeah, go to law.ou.edu, look me up, and uh, shoot me an email. Excellent. And also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or best yet, your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, I'm Lawrence Coletti. Thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.